show is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Thanks to Les Sneed, Rams general manager, for joining us there. We will discuss that interview here in just a moment. Uh, we'll be self-indulgent that way. Uh, but first, Greg, what do you got? Uh, well, the Hall of Fame voted today for Major League Baseball, and nobody, nobody got into the Hall of Fame. Nobody. But, but what the weird thing was that Kurt Schilling then went on Twitter and said mm. that he is taking himself out for next year. He does not want to be on the ballot next year. He wants to wait until the Veterans Committee. Is that a smart idea for Kurt Schilling? Um, it, I actually think it's just a silly emotional uh, reaction to him. Um, look, it, he's been on the ballot how many years? Do you know, Greg, how many years he's been on yet? Uh, he has one year left. So what is it, 15 years that you're on? So No, there's no oh, way he's been on for 15 years. He hasn't no, been no, retired no. that long. He's been on for a while. I forget how many. I can look up exactly how many years. Yeah. Well, anyway, it, he's got to have at least several more years on there where he could be available. If he Look, he's just he's using the fact that he's never won a Cy Young, right? Um, that he doesn't have the requisite numbers, per se, to get in. He's getting in on postseason success, which potentially, which is fine, but it's not the standard, LZ, that baseball normally goes by. No, it is not. And what he's trying to do is you know, build support over this narrative that the media doesn't like him because of his politics. Correct. And I'm not going to say what he has done or said in retirement isn't on the minds of voters. I don't know. But what I do know is that his case wasn't airtight, to your point, with or without the comments he's made in retirement. He's a fantastic postseason performer, but this isn't just about the postseason. <laughs> you know? Otherwise, we wouldn't be scratching our head about Eli Manning. We'd be like, oh, two Super Bowls, boom, done. No, because there's a regular season where numbers are accumulated. And at no point, at least as far as I'm concerned, at no point... In his career, did I think he was the best pitcher in baseball? Did you? No, he was the best postseason pitcher for a stretch. Yeah, but right. not not the best pitcher. Um, look, Jose Canseco tweeted this out today. Kurt Schilling would be a disgrace to the Hall of Fame. When Jose Canseco is saying that about you, <laughs> what the hell do you need to say? Okay. Well, he has said some really disgusting things. Yeah. And, you know, the Hall of Fame voting is not supposed to be about anything other than just the numbers. Correct. But we know that's not true because yeah. if the, if that were true, then we wouldn't have all these guys hanging around. We would have voted them in the first time because their numbers aren't changing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, even like to, to, to the point I mentioned earlier, just his numbers are just, you know, they're not necessarily Hall of Fame good. It, it's borderline, but, you know, the championship stuff is what puts him over in theory. But it's not a lock, I, I think. I've always made that case, and people have gotten very angry at me when I say that. But, I mean, if you compare him to all the rest of the guys in there, you know. And, by the way, he's also an idiot because he got 71.1% of the vote. He just needs 75 to get in. There's a pretty decent chance he gets close next year. Yeah, well, as I said, if, if Hall of Fame voting, regardless of the sport, was strictly about the statistics, then we would have a lot more unanimous votes and we would have not that many people getting in the second, third, or fourth time because your numbers are the numbers. Yeah. They're not changing yeah. just because another year has gone by. Yeah. Kurt Schilling missed by 16 votes this year. He's probably going to get the 16 votes next year in a sport where they've never voted anyone, I think, unanimously. Um, so he's basically doing this was thing. Mario? Was it Rivera? Oh, Rivera was the only one. You're yeah. right. Um He's basically doing, you can't fire me, I quit. 
By the way, this was his ninth time on the ballot. It's you only are eligible ten times. So yeah, I'm seeing it the last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Because you oh, said really? fifteen, and I would say there's no way it's been fifteen. Like that's no. He well, he stopped in 2007, so it's been it's getting close. Yeah. Um, all right, jerk. That's what you need to know. <laughs> Presented by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. All right, LZ. Let's be self indulgent here for a moment. All right. Um, I feel like we did the best we could to get straight answers out of less. Yes. I, I believe so. You know, I think we pushed him and appropriately. I think that the follow-up questions were, were spot on. And I thought he did a masterful job of saying, I'm not going to satisfy you with the answers you're looking for. I'm not right. telling you we're trading for Aaron Rodgers. Right. I know that's what you're asking, but I'm not telling you that. Yeah. Yeah, nor can he, by the way. You nor know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's that so part of the cat, equation, too. So it's a good cat and mouse game. But um, I am glad, though, that after the initial question, he got a little bit more real with us and didn't give us sort of like a, you know, general, the offensive line needs improvement and, you know, a slot receiver's health is in question. and blah. It's like, come on, dog. Yeah. Well, I thought, the QB. I thought the way you and I, hand, like, tag team. Like, it's, you know that meme that's on uh, on Twitter that it's like, it's it's two guys locking in like a arm wrestling kind of lock, right? But it's like more like, like they're, they're, they're locked in arms and it's a, a black arm and a, and, a, and, a, and a white arm. That was you and me, basically, yeah. in that moment as we locked in arms there and you, you gave him the, that's cute, come on, dog. And I was like, were you ever a quarterback? Because, you know, they say a whole lot of stuff, but don't say a whole lot of nothing, but say a whole lot of nothing. And I feel like he realized, oh, this ain't going to be the type of interview that I'm used to. <laughs> which is good, which is, which is all good. He's, yeah. he's been on with us, you know, basically Numerous since times. you and I have been yeah. on air here. Yes, yes. And so, you know, we both know each other. We all know each other fairly well. And, you know, I thought it was an insightful interview because at the end of the day, um, all he really did at the core of the conversation was confirm what we all have been suspecting for a number of weeks now. Right. Which is Jared Goff's place with this organization is in question. Correct. And then that's literally just pretty much what he confirmed. Not starting him right away against Seattle was another large sign that's hard to ignore. And then clearly the follow-up conversation after, you know, the loss in Green Bay. So, at the end of the day, he just confirmed what many of us knew. Jared Goff's status is, is questionable here. Yeah. Um, I would say tenuous at best. Fair? At best. At best. Yeah, but, it's... you know, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it's, it's really hard because he also did bring up some really good points when you ask about the ceiling. The truth is, he still is young. Mm-hmm. And some QBs have gotten better with age. I think about Rich Gannon, who, you know, flipped the switch at 30, and all of a sudden now he's a, you know, final, he's an MVP and he's in the Super Bowl, right? So it's like, I I hear what he's saying, but my point has always been this, and the listeners know that. Number one, Rams are my five. But number two, when you think about Sean McVay and this team and how it's built and how it's been winning, I still believe you can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as your starting quarterback. But the question isn't that. The question is, are you able to win multiple Super Bowls with a better quarterback? Can you get a better quarterback so that multiple Super Bowls become the conversation? Correct. And not, we can win one with Joe Flacco. 
Right. You can but, win one with Trent Dilfer. Right. But I, I am also I, I don't know if he's if he's even Joe Flacco or Trent Dilfer anymore. You know what I mean? Like I think that I personally think that time may have passed. You see what I'm saying? Like you get, you know, what what is it, Eminem? Uh one shot, right? You get one shot, right? Like that I, I feel like that was his shot. And and I'm not saying it was all on him in that game because Sean came out and said that you know back you know not to relitigate the Super Bowl from several years ago but Sean talked about how a lot of that was on him but if to your point if he was if if golf was an elite quarterback you would be in these situations more frequently and because of this great defense you have that Les alluded to and we've discussed at nauseum you would have a legit chance of actually winning this thing more regularly. And we're sitting here kind of with a wing and a hope and a prayer uh, on Jared Goff's evolution, which, let's face it, you mentioned Rich Gannon, but clearly we both know that's an outlier situation. It's an outlier situation, you know, but that's what I'm saying. You know, you could win with that scenario. Right. Maybe. Maybe once. Right. Or you could roll the dice like they did in Seattle when they thought they had the quarterback of the future. They looked at Russell Wilson and said, you know what? I know we pay for this dude, but this one might get us to multiple Super Bowls. And Correct. That's what happened. Yeah. They've been Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Coming up next, if you want to hit us up on the Rams, how did you feel we did with less? Were we too hard? Uh, were we too soft? Could we? Should we have pressed even more? Uh, what do you make of this Aaron Rodgers possibility? Um, if you're the Rams, do you do everything in your power to make that happen? 877-710-ESPN. Uh, plus, LeBron James was set off yesterday, LZ, and there was a specific reason why. We will get to that. And as we are honoring Kobe Bryant today, we are celebrating his life. We're going to talk about some of the greatest moments in Kobe Bryant's career. If you have some of those as well, feel free to share them with us at 877-710-ESPN. Sedano and LZ, back in three and a half minutes. What's up? Sedano and LZ with you here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. As we have a busy show for you, LZ, we all know it is a day to celebrate Kobe Bryant's life, what he meant to Laker fans, the city of Los Angeles, Southern California, and the world, really. Um, So we will do that. We will talk some sports as well as Les Snead, who uh, had an interesting media session today, LZ, if I recall correctly, will join us at 440. But I wanted to therapy session. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, (laughs) And he may have a second therapy session with us coming up in about uh, 23 minutes. But to me today, like it it really is as as it still feels a little surreal, even a year later, I, I just think that. I have watched a lot of the coverage today on television, both on ESPN and on NBA TV, and I'm curious to see what it's going to be like on TNT tonight. And, you know, whether it's on social media, you know, with the murals and and all the different basically tidbits of Kobe's life that are being aired today, 
it really just shows what an impact that man had in so many people's lives, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I, I woke up this morning. Actually, it started a couple of days ago with a Good Day LA with, uh, you know, just being on air and talking about the, you know, the upcoming marking of his passing. And then, you know, again today on ABC. And I've just been repeating the same story because I think it's, it's, it really is important to understand why so many people feel the way we do about him. And that is, you know, he really was a child star and we watch him grow up. No question. You know, it started, it really started in earnest with him taking Brandy, you know, to the prom. Because we're talking peak Brandy, right? She, she's Marisha, right. she's everywhere, hitting songs. She's got a songs on like Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, bam, bam, bam. And here's this dude in high school taking Brandy to the prom. And we're like, who is this? Right. You know, who got game like that? Bruh, not even in the league yet. Yeah. And then it took off from there. And we watched him grow up. And we have an infinity in this country for celebrity, but especially the celebrity of the children, celebrity of young people. We love watching young people grow up and growing up with them. And Kobe was very much a part of that. He was part of the child stars that grew up in front of the world's eyes. He really was. Uh, You know, we forget that, to your point, you know, 17 years old when he – decides to take his talents to the NBA, as he said, at Lower Marion High School. And, you know, people here, really, if you think about it, he was, or still is, I would say, the most, I guess, associated athlete with one particular city because of a number of factors. The factor you pointed out, just watching him literally grow up from a child into a man And, you know, through the good times, the bad times, the ups, the downs, whatever it is, people here specifically went through that emotional roller coaster that is life with him. And I think because of the longevity, staying here the entire time when, look, there was a moment in time, right, where we didn't know if he was going to be a Laker for life, right? There was very Mm -hmm. much, uh, I mean, hell, didn't he call into Mason in Ireland? Um, to to discuss about being traded like that, those are all things that happen. But to to see it uh, see it through, right, and and finish the job with the Lakers, and and really the Mamba mentality aspect of it, LZ, is fascinating to me too from a psychology perspective because it really is something that you could apply to anyone in any walk of life. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You don't have to be a professional basketball player to really work hard, right? Work at your craft as much as you can and be the best that you can be and overachieve despite having natural gifts and talents, right? Like, I think everyone has natural gifts and talents. And his mindset was, yeah, okay, well, make yourself even better then. And you could apply that whether you're an accountant, a plumber, uh, you know, a police officer, a firefighter, a talk show host, a doctor, a nurse. It doesn't matter what you are. You can apply those sensibilities to whatever it is you do for a living and for your life as well. Absolutely. And I I think, you know, know, I'm just going to take a moment just to recognize a friend of ours, a friend of the NBA's community, um, Sekou Smith, who passed away earlier today from COVID. And I've known Sekou for a very long time, close to 20 years. 
other friends in the industry like Jamel Hill or Kelly Carter, they've known him since he was an intern. So like for, you know, 30 plus years and to watch that brother in the mama mentality way, take the gifts that he had and work so hard and made sure that he paid attention to the details and was excellent at his craft. You're absolutely correct. The mama mentality can be illustrated in so many different ways. And, you know, my boy Sekou did it in media. Kobe did it on the court. We know people are doing it. You know, Stacey Abrams did it in politics. Like, it doesn't really matter where you are. If you put your all into it and you focus in on the details and you keep driving and pushing yourself until you can be the best version of yourself, that is the mama mentality. So you're absolutely right, George. And, you know, the good thing is we got to see that mama mentality on film for a very long time. And we all have wonderful memories of it being, you know, exhibited on the court before to just talking more about some of our favorite games throughout the course of the show. Yeah, we will. So we'll talk about that throughout the show. Ramona's also got a really cool piece on ESPN.com about his relationship with Powell. And much like Michael Jordan's relationship with him, like we kind of knew a little bit, but it was very much um, not secretive, but um, it was certainly something that we didn't know the extent of. And clearly we've seen his relationship with Powell uh, Mm -hmm. becoming, uh, that it was a lot more meaningful than maybe even some of us anticipated, despite the winning the championships together and being teammates and whatnot. And in that story, and Ramona's going to join us at 6.15 today, you know, she talks about, how Pow told her that he taught me how to win and be tougher. And I just kept you know, telling him, you can be a human sometimes and not have to – you can let your guard down a little bit, you know, and, and let people in a little bit. And over the years, there was some of that with Kobe, LZ. I think that, that mm-hmm. you saw that particularly towards the end of his career. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's, that's the beauty when people – are naturally curious. Their story never ends when one chapter closes. There's always right. a new story. You know, when you're not naturally curious and you retire from sports, you know, your story ends. And you either fade from public view or you're just the, the athlete that's talking about yesteryear. Kobe was never going to be one of those. He mm-hmm. was never just going to sit back and talk about what had happened. He was always looking at what could he do next. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. And we're going to do the best we can to celebrate his life today. We're going to have some of the coolest moments that he's had on the floor, even off the floor. Uh, There's some cool stuff that we're going to have for you today throughout the show. Uh, But coming up next, LZ, I mentioned that Les Snead, the Rams general manager, is going to join us at 440. Well, he's had an interesting day today already. Asked a lot of questions about the future of Jared Goff, pressed by our pal Bill Plaschke, And let's just say the Rams general manager may have some more explaining to do to us at 440. You're going to want to hear this sound coming up before Les joins us at 440 in about 15 minutes. It's Sedano and LZ, 710 ESPN. Dale. There you go. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know what, LZ? Before we get into the Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers stuff and Les Snead being pressed by Bill Plasky because Les is going to join us a couple of minutes. Keep this song going for a second, Curtis. Curtis is in for Laura today. I love where music has gone. Where Go on. R&B and hip-hop pioneered the sound and the way that the different races and ethnicities have kind of taken from that sound and it kind of expanded on it in their own unique way. I love that. I love the way the sound has evolved. Now, I don't always love the songs necessarily, as you and I have talked about. Some of them are a little silly, but I love the sound of the music in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I mean, I've always loved it when, like, reggaeton mixed in with someone else. You yeah. Know, like, that remix of Miente with Beyonce. Right. Like, just fire. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so anytime you get an opportunity to, to blend in multiple sounds, as long as it's done with respect and not yeah. just trying to make a quick buck. Right. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. So good, man. So good. It's crazy. Um, so Aaron Rodgers also so good that it's crazy. Um, and I think that – I think he's had enough. And now, there have been a lot of comments made over the last 48 hours or so, uh, including by Aaron Rodgers, that would make you believe that perhaps his time in Green Bay is done. So let's go back in time a little bit because we were off yesterday because the Lakers were playing the Cavs uh, in this time slot yesterday. And we'll get to that, too, because we got a lot of thoughts on that particular game. But let me, let's me let hear from Aaron Rodgers immediately following the crushing loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Aaron Rodgers and company lose in Green Bay in the NFC title game. Let me hear Aaron. I hope there's more opportunities, but I don't know. I mean, I really don't. And that's stuff that's out of my control. I mean, my future is a, a beautiful mystery, I think. Uh, the present is such a gift to just be able to stay in the moment and to have uh, gratitude for being in that situation again and being with the guys and having fans at our stadium and maybe snow on an NFC championship game. I mean, I'm going to enjoy these moments for sure and just not worry about what happens down the line. Yeah, and he actually continued to elaborate on that and made an even stronger point about, like, and I thought that was part of the sound that we would have, is that he basically said it's not up to him, right? Like, the future's not a given, basically. And that sent alarms, <laughs> by the way, throughout the sports world, because you're talking about one of the greatest players uh, in sports, perhaps looking at a situation in Green Bay and saying, st- some of the stuff you and I have talked about, there's no owner here, right? Like, I can't go and complain to the owner to get something done. It's hard to get free agents here. You know, we know about the draft situation, right, and everything that's transpired there. It sounded like a guy who was very frustrated after that thing went down. Yeah. 
and and he has every right to be. Um, he played brilliantly, brilliantly. He certainly played better than Tom Brady. He did. And by the way, the Brady love is mind-boggling to me. He was terrible in the second half in that <laughs> terrible game. Terrible in the second awful. half. Awful. awful. Todd Bowles in the defense is the, should get the game ball 37 times over in that game. Exactly. There were a couple of times he was chucking, and I was like going, is he just trying to keep it close? Right. Like, he looked <laughs> like he was terrified for his life on some of those throws. But Tom is going to the Super Bowl. Right. And Aaron Rodgers – you know, this might be the fourth fourth playoff game that I can recall in which he was flat out just killing it. Right. And came out on the wrong side of, of, of the game. And two of those and have been huge coaching mistakes. Huge coaching mistakes. Also, you know, and granted, I know they beat the Rams, but – I don't feel as if they have gone all in to maximize this latter part of his career. Right. They haven't gone after no. the the beast on either side of the ball. Yes. They've, they've been sticking to like this homegrown sort of mentality. Correct. Which would have been great 10 years ago when he was 25, 26. But at 36, 37, that would have been like the Lakers keeping Lonzo and, and Kuz and Brandon Ingram together and say, come on, LeBron, you can you can do it. Right. <laughs> right. You need this, to speed you, some it, stuff up. Remember my cousin Vinny, Marissa Tomei? My biological clock is ticking. Well, his <laughs> football clock is ticking, to your point. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and what do they do with the first round? Pick they his took successor. a quarterback. Yeah. yeah it's so crazy. it's like, yeah. you know, I don't think they've done everything they can to, to maximize, and they just depend on him to cover – you know, their mistakes, whether it's coaching mistakes or, you know, personnel mistakes. And so, of course, he's going to be frustrated because he hasn't thrown 10 interceptions in a season in a decade. <laughs> yeah, no question. <laughs> so he's like, it ain't me, dog. Right, for sure. And he threw one the other day and still was able to put them back in a position he, to potentially um, he threw tie or win the game. after yeah. his receiver was, was held and wasn't called. Right, yeah. They replayed it. He was thought it was a pass interference call. They wasn't called, and that's why I got intercepted. Right, 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 for sure. Now, he kind of backtracked a little bit. He does a weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show on SiriusXM. And I want to say maybe backtrack is strong, but you could tell he was less emotional when discussing this today. Let's hear Aaron. Now, obviously, after the season that I had and, um, you know, potentially winning MVP, and, you know, we that's obviously funny. made it to another good run, I don't think – that there's any reason why I wouldn't be back. But, look, I think th there's there's not many absolutes, as you guys know, in this business. So to to make an absolute statement about something that is is not an absolute, it's just I, I didn't do it, you know, and I, I guess that's why I went kind of nuts. Right. So he didn't say that he'd definitely be back and people are freaking out, but he also wasn't super-duper reassuring there either. No, he wasn't. You know, Aaron is a very philosophical person and philosophical people in general stick out in, you know, regular everyday society. But certainly someone who is an introspective as an Aaron Rodgers is going to have everything they said looked at through a magnifying glass aware they're so cognizant of their words. And so while he may feel, you know, some things may have been perhaps pushed too far or misconstrued, the reality is, is that you fed us in the media a steady diet of surgical pre precision 
of, of, of just clarity in your comments. And so when you say something along those lines that makes it sound as if you're not sure if you're going to be back, you can't backtrack and make it sound as if we misinterpreted because you're very careful with your words. Right. Right. So we say what you say. Yeah, I mean, he's got these very LeBron in that sense. All right. Last thing before we go here, because Les is going to join us in about three or four minutes. Les Snead, the Rams general manager. So today, Les Snead was being peppered about Mm -hmm. his quarterback, Jared Goff, and was asked. Was that lemon pepper? Uh, <laughs> perhaps, um, you know, the, the Clippers are playing this afternoon. So there's that, um, less need acknowledges, according to Lindsay theory, it'd be difficult to move on from Jared Goff because of the salary cap, but also says, quote, anything can be done in the salary cap. He was also asked, uh, by, um, Gary Klein of the LA times. If there's a scenario where they were cut or trade golf, he says he wasn't going to get into specifics. Jared Goff is a Ram at this moment were the words he chose. So much like Aaron chose his words carefully, uh, but understanding that we always parse them. Um, they're not silly. They, they know what this business is like. They did that. And Bill Plaschke, before we go here, decided to give less one more out. And here's what the great Bill Plaschke of the LA Times said. Given your uncertainty today, you know you could end all this. You're setting yourself up for a whole summer of questions about Jared, you can end it right now by saying he's a quarterback of the future for this team. So, I mean, you you realize what you're setting yourself up for here. Well, I mean, but in this job, right, you're always going to get questions. So I, I think the, the – I'm giving you a chance. I'm giving you one more chance to say he's your quarterback. Oh, Jared Goff's the he's – a, he's a Ram right, right now. So what's the date? <laughs> I'll look at – that's January 26. I mean, that's that's a fact. That's obvious. He's right. I mean, he's number two in wins. Him and Sean have partnered together. I mean, that's it. I mean, Tom Brady's got more. And the, the things Tom Brady's doing, I don't even know if I can put that in words. I mean, so uh, that's been a heck of a partnership. What I do know is, and I think the the real thing that should come out of this is, Hey, we want to be a better offense. So that's Rams general manager, Les Snead with Bill Plasky earlier today on zoom, the general manager who you just heard there, Les Snead will join us in two and a half minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any, you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Rams general manager Les Snead going to join us here in just a second. Don't forget, coming up, uh, at 5.30, Dave McMiniman is going to stop by. Ramona Shelburne at 6.15. Obviously, we will spend a lot of time uh, talking about the celebration of Kobe Bryant's life and, of course, what's going on currently with his squad, the Los Angeles Lakers, as they're on the road and continue to win on the road. But let's talk some football here, some Rams football with their GM, Les Snead, who joins us here now on 710 ESPN. Les, thank you so much for always taking the time. Um, let's start here because we were just playing some of the audio from the Zoom session you had with the media today. And I guess my question is, I know a lot of questions about the quarterback position, but 
What needs to be done to improve that position? Well, I think that, I think the in in and one thing I reiterated today, and I know the uh, the QB is always uh, uh, I guess I would say more entertaining uh, to talk about, but I think at the uh, end of the day, it's it's when and this all somewhat started right post divisional loss to Green Bay, and Sean mentioned, hey, he wanted the you know, offense to improve. He wasn't satisfied with maybe the point score per game of the offense, things like that. So, right, QB is pretty simple, uh, you know, in, in particular this year, right, turn the ball over less, uh, don't have to be as brilliant in terms of down in and down out, turn it over less. But that's not just going to improve the offense, right? It, 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 you can get down to the, the five eligibles, right? Can those five eligibles maybe beat man to man coverage more consistently? Can uh, you eliminate some, some drops in some crucial situations? Can the OL give up less edges in third and longs, things like that? So, right, yes, uh, as Sean said, not satisfied. We want to get better. No, we can be better. No, that getting better will help us maybe advance to one of those last two games uh, instead of the divisional round. And that, that includes the QB, and that, that includes the GM and, and helping the QB and helping Sean and uh, the offensive staff. That includes uh, you know all of us and everyone playing. That was real cute, Les. I really appreciated that. That was real adorable. Well, the, I always say the uh, <laughs> well, that would be right talk, talk when you're actually, wait, wait, bro. You're actually wait, 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 fundamental. Wait, 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 less, less. I, I, I do. I, to LZ's point, you did you play quarterback at any point in your life, Les? No, I was certainly not good enough to play quarterback. Oh, 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 but you talk like one for sure, because quarterbacks <laughs> are the masters of saying a lot and saying a lot of nothing. And you gave us a lot of nothing there, Les. Come on, dog. Don't do us like that. We all got <laughs> hey, let me, uh, hey, LD, then, I mean, what would be the number one stat, really, in terms of probably determining winning and losing in games? And it's hard to do, but if there's one stat that if you win a battle in the game, you probably have subset 90% chance to win in that game. I, I and that would be the, turn to, the turnover. The so that's just is, math. Turnovers. That's the, and that's that's analytics. That's the nerds taking the drama and the entertainment out of sports radio. But uh, that's a that's a big part of it. And when you do, uh, when when we this year, right? Even even uh, we what we had a turnover or in every single game this year, except maybe the the Seattle uh, playoff win. And that game, it wasn't like we were prolific on offense, right? We played good defense. Uh, we battled field position over there, but what we didn't do is, is turn the ball over. So, why was it so difficult to be definitive about Jared Goff's place with the franchise? Considering, in your own words, no one has won more since he's been with McVeigh, other than Tom Brady. So, uh, what was the first part of your question, LZ? Why? Why was it so difficult for you to definitively say? He is our quarterback without the added at the moment, what's the date, you know, no disclaimers. This is our dude. Well, I think what we what I'm trying to say, what Sean uh, did say, what we as an organization or continue saying, right, is, hey, to have that role, we have to get better. We want to do better than we did in 
2020. There is a good chance, right? We really want to continue playing good defense around here. Good chance, though, that we're not going to consistently be one in yards allowed, one in points, right? Can we consistently be top 10? Yes, things like that. That's a vision. That's a realistic vision. So with that being said, we do want uh, the offense to get better and that will allow us to right to get back back to being uh right a more let's call it dominant type team when you come play us right you're gonna you're gonna have to stop us you're gonna have to keep us from can we score fast can we score quick can we be more explosive and things like that and keep teams on their heel less need rams so, general manager with us here not being satisfied Gotcha. Rams general manager, Les Need with us here on Sedano and LZ. George Sedano, LZ Granderson with you here. So, Les, you are an architect. You build these rosters. You also uh, mine the draft and, and everywhere, really, to find talent. And then you guys cultivate that talent. And then you understand that, you know, talent reaches a certain level and some guys have different ceilings than others. Where are we as far as Jared and his ceiling. Has he reached that ceiling in your estimation? Is there another gear? Can he be the guy to push you guys forward from where you are to where you want to be? Especially uh, considering Jared's age at 26, there's definitely right uh, room to refine your craft. And, and we've seen that with some of these QBs right, uh, in the playoffs that are playing well into the, to their 30s. So, and at some level, right, some of the QBs may lose a little bit from a standpoint of, of some element of physicality that, that helps them do what they do. Uh, and, and, then it, and then some of the experience and some of the wisdom gained, uh, you can play cards better than maybe the young players. So all of the, the answer is yes to that. I think the key to us is organization, too. Even, I mean, we, we saw this game this weekend. I mean, it's hard to – Tom Brady's doing things that's unbelievable when he's been to 10 Super Bowls, but when, when you see a, a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, right, you know, only get to one of those games, uh, that's hard to fathom. So it's not all the QB, it's on us, right, as an organization, uh, the Rams, myself as an architect co-piloting this thing with Sean is to build a very, very sound football machine uh, that can contend, that can be in those games consistently, not put it all on the QB. I do think when you go play those games right, when a QB in those games plays well, you can definitely win one. But we want to we want to build a very sound football team, uh, and that's our vision, that's our goal. But yes, Jerry can definitely at age twenty six uh, get better, and he's been. He's been good, like I think LZ mentioned, right? Uh, since him and Sean started partnering together in 2017, only one QB's won, you know, one's more games than him, and that's Tom Brady. That that's hard to do in the National Football League. Now, Les, you know, you and I know each other a little bit. I know you're a very cerebral person. You're not like Dan Campbell. You're not going to be talking about kneecap biting and stuff <laughs> like that. You're going to be really, really sort of surgical with the way you present things. So, with all that being said. You knew exactly how we would respond when you quote Aaron Rodgers multiple times in your presser. Were you trolling us, entertaining yourself, or were you saying, what's up, Aaron? What you doing? Uh, So the answer would be, technically, I might have been trolling my my teenagers uh, 
uh, enlighten me on trolling. I can't. I, here's what I am, uh, and you said cerebral. Well aware, probably what questions were coming, uh, and interestingly, like uh, with Aaron Rodgers and, and the quote he had about the future being a, a beautiful mystery. Right? I did know there was going to be a lot of questions about the future, and in those questions, like last year, like next year, like the year before we're going to ask about individuals this year in particular, uh, Jared, some, but in other years, it could have been Todd Gurley. Uh, it could be all of our unrestricted. Every one of those human beings have meant a lot to this organization. They've given up a lot. They've mighty a lot of plays for them. So technically whatever we're going to do, and we don't necessarily know the blueprint right now. It's a way too early mock blueprint of the Rams, all season, but I did take that line and said, okay, I'll jokingly kind of use it, but uh, it wasn't meant to troll if troll is a, a negative thing. It was maybe just in gesture and fun, but I did think about it, LZ, and said, you know, that might be fun to do. <laughs> well, I'm glad you admitted that, which is tremendous, because most people in your position would not admit that. So we, we respect that, obviously, on many levels. Um, but I'll ask you this as a follow-up to that, because hey, you have... I ask you all this, this trolling, is that like a, is that a negative? My teenagers... Not necessarily. No, it, like, it, I always think I was just having fun. No, no, it's that. It, trolling is kind of like you're just you're, you're messing with people. You know, right. that, that, that's it. Like, that's probably the best the way to describe wall, it. Letting everybody in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a good way to describe it. Now, now, look. You have pointed out that Jared is young. That you know people can grow and all that stuff. Um, what would it take for you guys? Because Sean has mentioned that there is comp- there's going to be competition across the board. What would it take for you guys to bring in competition for Jared at that position? I think uh, at that position, it's probably right, right player, uh, right fit. Uh, how does it how does it fit in terms of uh, you know engineering the the rest of the team and things like that? I think that's that's what it comes down to. But uh, it, those QBs, right? Do, do you it, right? Hey, do you use draft capital? Right? It, right? Which QBs are available? Have some that you have a lot of fitting for already gone? All all those things, all those variables. I think uh, with quarterbacks. Uh, it probably boils down to economics of supply and demand. Easier said, easier said than done. But I do think uh, you know we we like the quarterback position we have now. And and what was really nice down the stretch was uh, finally getting a chance to see John do some things on the field uh, come to life. You know some of the things that we really liked about him when we brought him in. See him bring those to life. And, and what you do know, hey, there's uh, there is a a role for John. You do know, John, uh, that you do have right at minimum a backup who can come in and actually win a meaningful big game. And I think all, all organizations are, will be jacked to have that. Um, real quick for you, Les, uh, you may yeah. or may not know, but today is National Spouse Day. National who day? Spouse. Na- National Spouses Day. Ooh, I need to yeah, know so- that. I'm glad I gave you that little nugget. So do so do all of us, to be honest. So so I bring it up because because it is National Spouses Day. I know if my spouse came to me and I said, you know, hey, you're my husband for the moment, that probably wouldn't go <laughs> over very well. So I'm just curious as to how do you think Jared Goff is processing hearing he's the he's a Ram for now. Well, I, I think the, what I would answer that by. Uh, uh, 
my spouse is uh, unbelievable, uh, very, very smart. And I can tell you this, she will always and has no problem right, bringing up to me how I can be a better spouse, LZ, and, and probably deserve that, right, because I didn't know it was National Spouse Day. <laughs> but uh, so ultimately, right, I think the, the thing, this all started right with uh, Sean saying, you know what, we're going to have people compete for roles. Those roles are going to help us get better, and, and that's on everyone in the building. And I think that's what we're trying to do. So I think every now and then with spouses, you're going to have uh, some tough conversations. Usually it's, it's, it's about how to uh, right, improve, how to make the relationship better, how to do all of those things. Sometimes they're not uncomfortable. Sometimes they do uh, maybe uh, stir some type of anger. And then the key is how do you use those emotions to fuel right, uh, some sort of improvement, some sort of moving to the next level because i do think at the core most of us do want to right hey be a better father be a better husband be a better writer be a better radio host all of those things i don't want to be a better radio host for now though i just want to be a radio host is this one of your better segments (laughs) <laughs> oh, this was one of our better segments. You have helped oh, that, though. Yeah. You have absolutely aided that. There is no question about it. So, uh, less need. Maybe the Rams just questions. What's that? I was going to say, maybe it is LZ's questions, right? I mean, that maybe. could have been the reason this segment is so worth listening to. Maybe. There's no question. No question about it. Uh, Les, thank you so much for taking the time to always uh, answer our tough questions and our deal with our shenanigans as well. We appreciate it. No, that's shenanigans. That's what I was doing today with the the beautiful <laughs> feature is beautiful, whatever, quotes, mysterious. Trolling. 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 Get with the lingo, Trolling. Sneed. Trolling. There you go. There you go. All right, Les, thank you. Thank, thank you. you, sir. All right. There he is, Rams GM, Les Sneed. All right, a lot to unpack there, LZ. Uh, we will be back in two minutes. Sedano and LZ, 710 ESPN.